welcome to Pure Worship Radio. This is Scott Cunningham, and I'll be your host as we highlight and interview various worship leaders and songwriters who love Jesus and are writing songs that both edify the church and glorify Christ. Our mission is to capture the story behind the songs and the heart behind the music, so thanks for joining us today. We pray that you're greatly encouraged by our time of letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs that help make melody in your heart to the Lord. And today we're excited to have with us a seasoned veteran who's been ministering through music for many years now, singer-songwriter Bob Bennett. And I know you're going to love his music and his heart for the Lord, so let's start off today's program with a few of the songs that he's written throughout the years. I want good to come after me Half as relentlessly as trouble does Like a curse I want health to protect me Invade and infect me like disease does But in reverse I want sweetness and light to keep me up all night Happy hours passing without sleep as sharp as a knife, I want love in this life to cut me fast, cut me deep. I'd like to see good fortune paint a target on my back. I want laughter to stay, just surprise attack one fine day. Maybe two or three. Things lined up, waiting to become the status quo. I don't want to be unfaithful, but I really want to know, is there a joy deep as sorrow? Joy deep as sorrow. Sorrow, joy deep as sorrow, 
little children would point and smile What if misery were like the lottery All my losing tickets in a pile An avalanche of platitudes better left unsaid When that which does not kill me makes me wish that I was dead Every day that I am walking it's always something new I want to step in a pile of good and leave it on my shoe One fine day Maybe two or three in a row Oh, one fine day Joy deep as sorrow That was music from Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio. I'm so excited to have him in studio on the program today. We get to know him a little bit better and hear his heart for the Lord and the music that he's written over the years. And Bob, you really are a seasoned veteran. You've been uh, ministering in music for many years now. Thank you so much for coming. It's so great to have you. Well, my pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Let's start off today with a bit of that uh, testimony of how you came to know the Lord and, and where that began for you. And then we'll start talking about some of the music as well. Well, I was actually raised Roman Catholic, and and despite the fact that I was a little ticked off about that at a certain point, <laughs> um, I'm very grateful for that upbringing because even, you know, I kind of went through the sequence that a lot of people do. I was in and around church, was raised with it. At a certain point, I had a kind of a teenage estrangement from all of that and, and, and didn't really reconnect with the gospel until I was about 22 years old. Mm. And at that time, I started reading what at the time was—, was all the people of my generation, the classic generation, we're not old, we're classic. We read a thing called Good News for Modern Man, which was a modern English translation in the New Testament. Well, I started reading the New Testament, yeah, and the light went on. It's like all of the stuff that I object to about Christianity doesn't have anything to do with Jesus or the gospel. It has to do with the nonsense and lunacy of human beings. Mm. And usually that's, oftentimes that's the big stumbling block for people is not so much Jesus. It's the stuff that Jesus followers do when sometimes they misspeak or misstep or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's easy enough to do that. So I started reading the New Testament and I I, I just said, I, I need to follow Jesus. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know what being a Christian is supposed to look like, but, but this is something I, I have to reckon with. And so... I didn't even I, I didn't go near a church. I didn't want to bias myself. Yeah, you know I know I, I, that was kind of a weird way to look at it. But I thought I I know there'll be cute girls there. I don't want to go for the wrong reason. You know I'm twenty I'm twenty two years sure, old. Sure, sure. So I I basically made a, a kind as best a decision as I knew how to make. I made it in the living room of the house I was living in at the time, and then I started going to church. I yeah. went to Calvary Chapel in Downey. Right. And um and I found out about. Uh, the end times of prophecies and and started getting my nose into the gospels and into the word and 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 when I finally connected with all those things, I was grateful for my upbringing because they had given me all those concepts and that language. It wasn't foreign to me. I just didn't know how to put it together. Right. So I think it was a function of being a little bit older and also just a function of the graciousness of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, give, giving me vision to see something that I just couldn't have seen before. Oh, that's so cool. And and where did you start with music? How did that come into play? 
I, I grew up during what Martin Mull calls the great folk music scare of the 60s when that <laughs> stuff almost caught on. Yes. I grew up listening to my older brother's record collection, and this was, you know, music that most for most of your listeners, your grandparents might know. Uh, you know, the Kingston Trio and the Limelighters and Peter, Paul, and Mary and the Weavers, and these were, back before there were the Beatles, folk was like the Beatles. It yeah. was like the big deal. They sold lots of records, played lots of concert halls. So I grew up listening to that stuff, and as a result of that, my brother started playing guitar, and then he turned around and taught me how to start playing guitar. Yeah. And he's eight years older than I am, and yet he's taking me to all these concert clubs <laughs> around Los Angeles to go hear music. So I'm like 10, 11 years old, and I'm in the car going to hang out with the grown-ups and listen to music. Well, yeah. I was completely captivated. And uh, so that's what got me through the door of music was being camped out next to the family stereo listening to records. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, over the years, you've, you've actually recorded a number of projects. Uh, when did you start writing songs? Was that early almost, on? Almost immediately. When I, well, I was the kind of kid that I would walk to school and make up songs and sing them on the way to school. Okay. And then when I had a guitar in my hand, I started doing that. So I actually wrote my first song at 10 years old. Yeah. And I won't vouch for the quality of that song, but I did do it. Can we sing it real quick? <laughs> you know, I actually, oh, it's, it's a terrible thing. I actually kind of know a little bit of it, but I'm, but I, I'm not going to subject your listeners to this. But, um, but you know, and, and it was all imitation. It was that, That's how you start out. You listen right. to music, and it's like, I want to sound like that. I want to write like that. And eventually, you, you grow up, you find your own voice. Yes. And then you can hide your influences a little bit better than you could when you were a kid. You know, <laughs> right, so you, exactly. you, that's, that's what you try to do. Yeah, in songwriting, they call it masking your influences. Sometimes uh, guys don't do it quite so well. But uh, typically, you're influenced by something and somebody, something that you love. Exactly. So you're just trying not to obviously rip them off or, or anything like that. But you're, you tend to grow up in a generation and write songs a certain way and hear music a certain way. But... So yeah, so so that was the beginning of uh, your songwriting. When you got saved, was that just connected to the gospel? You started writing songs that were coming out of that? Yes, it was all experiential. It's mm-hmm. like these songs were the soundtrack to what was happening to me at the time. Yes. And um, and one of the one of the big blessings, and I, I, w- I would love to see that, I know that you are involved in this kind of work here locally at uh, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, but... Um, back in the day, there wasn't a school of worship. There wasn't a training program for people. Yeah. There was a guy named Malcolm Wilde, who is the <laughs> pastor of Calvary Chapel, Merritt Island. Yeah. But years ago, as all of the Christian music stuff was being invented by the Maranatha guys and Phil Keggy and Second Chapter and all those guys, yeah. over in England, Malcolm and Alwyn, his partner, were busy inventing the, the c- contemporary Christian music wheel in England. And then Malcolm came over here and went on staff. Well, on Sundays, they had a musician's fellowship. So all of the young, enthusiastic, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to totally uh, let my ego run wild for Jesus. Um, <laughs> we're all together in one room, you know, trying to figure out how to do this job. And Malcolm was the guy who tapped us on the shoulder and said, this is not about the attention that you'll get or the money that you might make mm. or, or all of that or the performing that you might do. All of that is perhaps a legitimate part of what needs to happen. Yeah. But it's about your role in ministry, the kind of ministry that everybody is in as a Christian, but you're doing yes. it with music. Yes. And, um, and he basically reminded us of that orientation, and that, that put us in pretty good stead. Oh, that's awesome. 
as a songwriter, I mean, you've been called a storyteller. We just talked about that earlier before we started the program, but that's really what you do so well. I mean, you write a lot of different kinds of songs. Let's talk about uh, songwriting for a little bit and kind of your heart behind that and what your passion is when it comes to songwriting. You know, and this is going to be something, if somebody pushed back on this, I wouldn't have a great academic or theological defense of this. So this is like just one guy's opinion. (laughs) But I have a tendency to view creativity almost like the rain falls on the just and the unjust. I have a tendency to view creativity as a common grace that's kind of available to everyone. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes we get used to bifurcating the world into Christian and not Christian, yeah. and sometimes that that needs to be helpful. We need to figure out what is gospel, what is Christian, what is not. Yes. That can be helpful. But sometimes it, it clouds the issue, and we wonder why someone who maybe isn't a person of faith makes a great movie or writes a great song or writes a great book. We have, a, we have this tendency to be tempted to think that the only good work, the only true work, the only artistic work is being done in the household of faith. Yeah. I think it's much more complicated and, in fact, much more wonderful than that. Mm. There are people who might not even have a statement of faith, and yet the gifts that they've been given by God just in, in creativity, they wind up doing incredible work. Yes. So I, I have a tendency to listen kind of broadly, to read broadly, to watch broadly, but that's a decision that everybody has to make on their own. You have to mm. figure out what you're comfortable with, what's of faith and what's not in yes. terms of your choices like that. But in songwriting, I think that everything is open season mm-hmm. as long as it's not inherently sinful or have bad subject matter or something. But So that doesn't mean that writing a song about doing your laundry has the same status as How Great Thou Art. Yeah. But I think especially for the Christian songwriter, this is God's world and we can write about all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And not every song has to contain the four spiritual laws or every tenet of the gospel. Yes. I think we have the broadest palette to choose from. Yes. And I want to encourage young writers that whether you're singing in the church or the coffee house or the street corner or whatever the case may be, write your songs and sing them and don't don't worry so much about squeezing your creativity into a predetermined set of criteria. Mm-hmm. Worry about just being truthful and being honest and doing a good job. I think at that point, the Spirit of God shows up and does a kind of ministry that we could never manage on our own. Mm-hmm. He takes these songs and makes them the soundtrack to people's lives. I I get to do that job, Yes, but the deep work that goes on inside the human heart, I have very, very little to do that. I yeah. just try to... to, to sing on tune and remember the words and and I'm aware that something wonderful is happening but I know it's not me that's doing it. That's awesome. I love that perspective. And um, just recently, I mean, you just had a major surgery, gosh, a couple of weeks ago now, or is it a month ago well, now? Well, it's actually about two months and two weeks ago, yeah. Okay, well. Well, yeah. I, I I had the uh, the big open heart surgery, the, oh. the, what we jokingly call the zipper club in the chest. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it gets your attention, you know. I mean, yeah. there's, there's they, that's, 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 Big time stuff. Yes. Uh, in my case, for those who care about this sort of thing, those those, those cardiac patients in the audience are saying, "Tell us more, Bob." <laughs> for, for you, ten people. Let me tell you, um, I, <laughs> I, I they replaced an aortic valve and they did a procedure to deal with a thing called atrial fibrillation. So I didn't have that typical heart attack. Most people don't know they have their problem until they're they're in the ER with a heart attack. Right. I didn't have that. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I knew the date I was going in a couple months ahead of time. And so thank goodness it all worked out well. And 
And uh, it, 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 of course, gave me that perspective that whether there is some suspension of natural law and a miracle or whether there's just a, con- you know, a conventional medicine, whether it's an aspirin or a scalpel or whatever, mm-hmm. anytime the body gets healed, it's like, thank you, God. Totally. Thank yeah. you for this. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have grandkids to spoil. I've yes. got a daughter to walk down the aisle. I have stuff to do. And God has been gracious in that regard. Yeah. Oh, amen. Well, I'm so glad that you're here, and uh, you've actually sung a few songs here live in in the studio today, and we're going to highlight those, but um, let's choose a song to talk about. People ask me all the time, what's your favorite song? Yeah. And I tell them it would be a lot like choosing a favorite child. I just wouldn't (laughs) do it. But if you narrow that question down and say, what song do you hope gets heard by the most amount of people? What song do you hope outlives you? You know, we old guys, we start thinking about legacy. We can't help it. (laughs) And for me, that would be Man of the Tombs. Yeah. Uh, Man of the Tombs is a is a rather long, somewhat attention-demanding song that talks about the Gadarene demoniac. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many tunes about that guy. <laughs> and um, when I wrote the song, I was at a real severe place in my life. Um, I, I am that most painful of oxymorons, Scott. I'm a divorced mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's even though you can throw a rock and hit somebody, yeah. that doesn't mean it's any less painful. And it's sort of on your resume. Even though there's... Fr- there's a difference between forgiveness and consequences, and sometimes yeah. when the forgiveness part is taken, the consequences are still there. Yes. So, you know, it's something that is just is just part of part of who I am and and what I did right and what I did wrong, and um, and so I was uh, separated from my family and I was kind of playing Bible roulette and I came upon the story of the Gadarene demoniac and I thought, oh my gosh, I know what this feels like. Mm-hmm. You think about the the uh, the, the demoniac. He was isolated. He was self-destructive. He was in pain. Um, he lived in a graveyard, a not too subtle indication of, of how he thought about himself. Yeah. So Jesus puts into this region of, uh, of the, on the Sea of Galilee and comes ashore. And as you remember, you know, of course, you remember the, the, the guy goes down and, and a conversation starts. But as it turns out, this guy is demon-possessed. And it's a little spooky because the conversation happens not between Jesus and the guy, but Jesus and the demons inside of him. Right. And eventually Jesus delivers him. His life is never the same. It's an incredible thing. It's a very, very dramatic scene. Well, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm this guy. I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to happen to me? And so I wrote Man of the Tombs as a, as a way of kind of saying, in, in, in some respects, all of us have uh, DNA in common with this guy, mm. um, even though every aspect of our story may not be the same. We know what it feels like to, to hurt ourselves. We know what it feels like to be in pain. We know what it feels like to be isolated, um, to be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us know that. And we want the same end. The end of his story is the end that we all desire. Yeah. We want to be dressed in clean clothes. We want to be in our right minds. And we want to be at the feet of Jesus. Man of the tombs, he lives in a place where no one goes, and he tears at himself and lives with a pain that no one knows he 
counts himself dead among the living. He knows no mercy and no forgiving. Deep in the night, he's driven to cry out loud. Can you hear him cry out loud? Possessed by an unseen enemy He breaks every chain And mistakes his freedom for being free Shame and shamelessness equally there Like a random toss of a coin in the tombs he's driven to cry out loud underneath this thing that i've become a fading memory of flesh and blood i curse the womb i bless the grave i've lost my heart i cannot be saved like those who fear me i'm afraid like those i've heard i can feel pain naked now before my sin and these stones that cut against my skin some try to touch me but no one can for man of the tombs I Sets of footprints meet. One voice is screaming, other voice begins to speak. And only a moment and only a word, the evil departs like a thundering herd. Man of the tombs, he hears this cry out loud underneath this thing that you've become I see a man of flesh and blood I give you life beyond the grave I heal your heart I come to save no need to fear be not afraid this man of sorrows knows your pain I come to take away your sin and bear its marks upon my skin when no one can touch you still I can for son of God I am now and seated clean in spirit and healthy of mind man of the tombs he 
begs to follow but must stay behind He'll return to his family with stories to tell Of mercy and madness, of heaven and hell Man of the tombs, soon he will cry out loud Underneath this thing that I once was Now I'm a man of flesh and blood I have a life beyond the grave I found my heart, I can now be saved No need to fear, I am not afraid This man of sorrows took my pain He comes to take away our sin and bear its marks upon his skin I'm telling you this story because Man of the tombs I was Man of the tombs I And you've been listening to music from Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio, and we are so excited to have him in the studio and talking about some of the songs that he has written over the years. And we just got done listening to a song called Man of the Tombs and heard that song story. And Bob, let's take another song and let's talk about it and kind of the story behind the song. Well, when I was, um, I was first sort of back in church and sort of reacquainting myself with the gospel and, and really learning the Bible in depth for the first time, I ran across an interesting book in a bookstore. This is a weird one. The book was written by a British author who was Jewish and he was an actor. And yet he wrote a book called The Book of Witnesses. Hmm. Now, what this was, it was kind of creative because what he did is he wrote monologues of the different characters that appear in the Gospels, the different people that appear. Some of them were quite explicit. It was There was a testimony from Peter and a testimony from... But, but some of them were implied, uh, the wife of one of the thieves on the cross or a childhood friend of Jesus. So this was a work of fiction, but it was sort of very creatively done based on the Gospels. And this guy was, was uh, a good enough writer and canny enough in his understanding that they were little powerful vignettes. Well, these got me thinking in the direction of eyewitness testimony. Hmm. And, and even though, you know, once you dig a little deeper into the Bible, find out about the history of the Gospels and how they, they were developed, you realize that so much of what's being recounted is eyewitness testimony. But, but I, didn't, I didn't quite get, it wasn't as clear to me yeah. until I picked up this book and read it, and I went, oh, eyewitness. So my <laughs> thought was, Let me put myself in in those shoes. Let me put myself in the shoes of someone who hears this itinerant rabbi out in the streets saying all these things, some of them sounding a little subversive, frankly. What do I think of him? Who do I think he is? That resulted in the song Carpenter Gone Bad. There's a man down in the street Says he's the Messiah Telling people he is the chosen one Says that he is in the Father And the Father's in the Son Empty nets made full of fish 
listening to Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio, and we get a chance to hear some of these song stories and the heart behind the music that he's written over the years. And Bob, we've been talking about a few of those songs. Let's continue on. We have a a number of songs to still talk about. Let's choose another one in the list. Well, uh, this one is is a a hymn that I first heard way, way back in 1977. I was attending an Easter sunrise service, uh, freezing uh, in worship uh, (laughs) at at a football stadium. And the fellow who was leading the worship was singing the regular Calvary Chapel, Maranatha music choruses of the day, but he was raised Lutheran. And out of his Lutheran back pocket, he pulled a song called, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. I fell in love with this song. Mm -hmm. I just loved it. So I got a hold of a hymnal, and I worked out a guitar part, and then I did something that I I might—it was kind of cheeky, actually. What I did is I said, there's a gazillion verses here. I'm going to cut and paste the parts that I like. So I cut and pasted halves of verses to where it, it it hung the way I wanted it to. Yeah. And I came up with four of those verses, and then I just began to sing it and then recorded it for my first album. So I'm, I'm proud to say that a lot of people, this is, uh, this, my version is actually their first hearing of the song, although it's a classic yeah. uh, hymn of the church. And um, it's just a glorious thing. I mean, the thing that, the thing that separates 
I think, proper Christian belief from other notions of what Christianity may be, is that Jesus is not just a good guy, not just a good teacher, not just a fine example, Mm. but he is God the Son, Son of God, uniquely so, begotten. And after they crucified him, he bodily rose from the dead. Mm. And he gives us the promise that all who follow him, that that will be our outcome. We may face a death, surely, but... We will, we will be raised with him, and we will be like him. Mm. So, uh, you know, to say, I know that my Redeemer liveth, of course, the classic scripture of the Old Testament, but in the light of Jesus, in the light of our future, uh, uh, a very glorious thing. Amen. Let's take a listen. my Redeemer lives. 
been listening to Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio, uh, talking about songs that he's written over the years, and it's so fun to hear these stories behind the songs. We're going to talk about another song today, a song about baseball. I love the title. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I, I was rotten at sports. Terrible. <laughs> but, I, but I had no idea just how terrible I was at sports. So I went out for Little League Baseball one season. Well, they would let everybody play. Everybody got a chance to play no matter what your skill level was. They want to teach you how to be a good sport and baseball fundamentals and things like that as a kid. And so eventually, you know, the, the, the score would be like 64 to nothing, and the coach would finally let me in the game, you know, and I'd go out to right <laughs> field, which is kind of the damage control position of defense on in baseball for Little League. And, and so I was horrible at Little League, but my dad showed up to every one of my games, and I never forgot how, how, how cool that was. Sometimes parenthood is just showing up for stuff, yeah. you know, and and uh, and the way that this was brought home to me was actually kind of dramatic. In, in 1979, uh, my father had I, I get this phone call. This is back before cell phones or anything, and I get a phone call. Your 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 father has had a heart attack. He's on his way to the hospital. So I'm driving up north from uh, from uh, Downey, up north to Canyon Country, up near Saugus. So I've got about an hour drive to the hospital ahead of me. And what occurred to me as I was driving up here and trying to keep my car on the road was he came to all my baseball games. Mm. I don't know why that was the shorthand for everything. Yeah. And, and I'm not even a big sports guy, but, but just the kindness of him showing up. And, and, and so a song about baseball is about that. But as, as, as some stories function as parables, I hope this one will as well. Uh, one of the descriptions, helpful descriptions I heard of a parable is it's an earthly story that illustrates a spiritual truth. And mm-hmm. so as you listen to a song about baseball, you can also listen for the other story that's being told. All right, let's take a listen. Saturdays on the baseball field And be afraid of the ball Just another kid on camera day And the angels still played in L.A. Smiling, living black and white, baseball caps and bubble gum. I think there's a hole in my glove. Three and two, life and death. I was swinging with eyes closed, holding my breath. I was dying. Ride in the family car. He loved me. No matter how I played, he loved me. No matter how I
Father would find me and call out my name, dreaming of glory the next time out. My Father showed me what love is about. He loved me. No matter how I played, He loved me. No matter how I played, He loved me. No matter how I played, La la la, la la la, la 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 You've been listening to Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio, and we've had the great opportunity of hearing his heart for the Lord and some of these songs and song stories, and we're going to tackle another song today in the program, and and Bob, let's take another one on the list. Well, this song is called Two or More, and um, I wrote it in the wee hours of the morning. I was staying at a a house in uh, South Carolina and was going to play at a church the next morning, and I I wasn't sleeping, so I kind of wrote this then. And... um, even though I'm not a worship musician in the classic sense of I lead songs and people sing them with me, I sometimes do that work and God blesses it, but yeah. but that's not my primary function. I think it, because, of course, it not only takes musical talent to do it, but I think it takes a gifting and a temperament quite apart from your music skills to yeah. do that. And um, but, I, but I'm very much interested in the life of the church and why we do the things that we do. Mm. And one of the things that I try to remind people of is that as imperfect as our worship gatherings may sometimes be, I think we need to see the glasses being way half full on the, uh, when we get together because we're attempting to fellowship with God, we're attempting to fellowship with each other, and it's it's much more difficult than it's ever been to do genuine community together. Yeah, um, We can stay on our devices, have our head pointed into our iPhone and, and stream the Netflix at home and get our groceries delivered and stuff from Amazon, and we don't have to go anywhere and do anything. <laughs> so just to get out and rub elbows with real humans. Yeah. And I tell people, you know, Christianity by design is a full contact sport. Yeah. We're supposed to be around our friends and neighbors. Mm. And that's the good news and the bad news. Sometimes we get blessed and we have wonderful fellowship, and other times people step on our toes in Jesus' name. That's all part of maturing as a believer is being in community with one another. Yes. So when we get to the moment where two or more are gathered, the Spirit of God will be among us. That's a wonderful moment. And I want to remind people of, 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 of an, what an incredible moment that is mm-hmm. to be with the body, to think about the church gathering all around the world on a Sunday morning to worship. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes when we walk through the door and we're feeling a little less than enthusiastic, we can be borne up by just the faith and the fellowship of the people that are around us. Yes. Too often, I fall victim to this. I, I sort of viewed church as a consumer item mm. that needed to satisfy me. 
I might walk out of a service and go, well, I really didn't get blessed. You know, they didn't really give me what I needed. <laughs> well, no, there's a reason why they used to call it a service. Yeah. Because we're actually there to render service to God and to render service to one another. Mm. That's the ball game. Mm. We might receive something. Thank God for that. But we don't walk through the door expectant, gimme, gimme, gimme. Yes. It's more of a two-way street, I think, when we get together. And so Two or More is, is a song that I hope will remind people who hear it of what the wonderful stakes are of us all being in the room together at the same time. Well said. Let's take a listen. What a blessing, what a sacred, holy thing To have ears to hear many different voices sing We are not alone, not lost or scattered. The Spirit of God is here, where two or more are gathered. If you have a burden that's too hard to bear, we will share it. Bear it upon our friends And with your broken heart We weep in sorrow For if we hold you up today You may do the same for us tomorrow Oh, the blessing of his congregation we cannot do alone what happens here joined as one body in his new creation oh Abba Father draw us near What a blessed, what a sacred sight to see Every tongue and tribe gathered as community No more to be alone, lost or scattered The Spirit of God is here Two or more are gathered. Two or more are gathered. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was from the start, so now and forever. World without end, amen. Glory be to the Father and to 
the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was from the start so now and forever world without end You've been listening to Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio, and we've had the privilege of having him in studio today to hear his heart and the songs that he's been writing over the years. And we're going to talk about another song today, actually a song that came from your Christmas album a few years back, um, a song called God With Us. Let's talk about that and the song story a little bit. Well, one of the fun things that happens is when when I'm recording... I feel like I'm on the hunt. It's a glory. It's 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 can be a difficult time because there's a lot of tedium involved in recording, as you probably know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, under the hood things that make it sound as seamless and good as it does. Yeah. But the environment is so rich creatively and is so inspiring that sometimes I'll write songs while I'm recording the album that wind up coming on the album. Really. This one was one of them. I'm back in my hotel. I'm reading a book, a book called God with Us. And it's a bunch of essays by different uh, Christian writers about the Incarnation. Well, in this case, the book was so good that I never finished it because I couldn't, I couldn't keep reading because I had to stop and write. So I started reading, and then I finally wrote this song, God With Us. And uh, two days later, we recorded it, and it wound up on the album. And um, wow. So again, in, in, the, in the distinctives of who Jesus is— uh, the incarnation is a big one mm-hmm. because it's it's not just again it's not just an idea it's not just a, a, a it's 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 the actual incarnation of God the Son mm-hmm. God setting aside uh, for a bit uh, some of His glory and some of His uh, uh, overall perspective, if you will, over the universe, yeah. so that He becomes as a man, fully human, fully God, and the incarnation is is our entry point. That's why. I think his his example is our example. We are to incarnate the the aspects of the gospel. We are to not only think about them and believe them rightly, but we are to seek through the help of the Spirit to try to bring them into the fleshly lives that we live. Our bodies are essential mm-hmm. for us to live out the gospel to incarnate it. Yeah. And so, but the first step that has to happen is 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 Christmas. So this is yeah. God with us. Make wide the way and straight the path, God with us. He comes in mercy, not in wrath, God with us. Behold an ancient mystery, God stepping into history. Hail the incarnate deity, God with us. Goodwill to men and peace on earth, God with us. He comes to us by humble birth, God with us. Clothed alike in flesh and bone, He comes to make His Father known. His Spirit says we're not alone, God with us, God with us, because we fell. Yeshua HaMashiach, Emmanuel. 
It was always meant to be God with us, with you, with me Innocent as a newborn child God with us, the souls of sinners reconciled God with us, from Bethlehem to Calvary comes to set the captives free, that every grave might empty be. God with us, God with us, what a story to tell. Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel, the lame will dance and the blind will see. God with us, with you. Fully God and fully man, blessed be his name. For the eternal one has surely kept his vow to be God with us. God with us. Here and now. And trim the tree, God with us, a holiday with the mongrel pedigree, God with us. But at the heart of why we're here, the morning after midnight clear, reverence replaces fear, God with us, God with us, our hearts compel our the living God, Emmanuel. May His Spirit give open eyes to see. God with us, with you, with me. God with us, with you. God with us. That was music from Bob Bennett here on Pure Worship Radio. Bob, it has been so great to have you on the show. It's so fun to hear all these stories and all these songs that you've written through the years. And you really are a, um, just a, a seasoned veteran, both in your walk with the Lord and the insight the Lord's given you and, and the songs that you've documented over the years. And... But, but let's be honest, <laughs> we all love to talk about ourselves. And I just had an hour of that. So th- <laughs> thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's actually kind of rare for people to get a chance to be able to share those song stories. So I, I get excited about hearing them. Well, I love doing it because, back, you know, normally I would do that in a long concert situation where I'm playing. But, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, we don't do as many concerts around these uh, parts these days. So yeah. it's fun to be able to be able to talk about them. Yeah. Awesome. And where would we send people to look for your music? Well, if you're a download-only person, then you want to go to the usual suspects, iTunes, Amazon, Rhapsody, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you're actually, if you're a Spotify or Mog subscriber, and I love that stuff, you can actually go find them all on Spotify. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're a CD person, and 
Boy, I hope that you are. Um, you can uh, you can find them exclusively at my website, which is bobbennett.com. That's B-O-B-B-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Bob, thank you again. We just pray God continues to use you and bless you and give you more songs in the future. And thankful for you. Glad to do it. Thank you for introducing me to your audience or reintroducing me to your audience. Appreciate yes. it. Yeah, you got it. And thank you for joining us today here on Pure Worship Radio. We hope that you were greatly encouraged by our time spent together. May God continue to bless and keep you as you live your life of worship, responding to the grace of God. 